Hallelujah. Good morning to you, your neighborhood preacher here. It's a pleasure. It's always, always, always a blessing to be in front of you, to give you a word that's on my heart. So I appreciate each and every one of you that tune in uh, if you're with me live or you're with me after. It's all good. Listen, hey, good morning, my brother Joe. I love to uh, share what the Lord is doing in my spirit and in my life. And um, what an honor and a privilege it is to just be dedicated and not live for yourself. You know, that's a that's a tough thing to do. Um, it seems fun uh, for the moment, but it truly is a tough thing to do to have the weight of the world on your shoulders and live for yourself. A uh, small reminder tomorrow, we're having the love of my life event. And Jesus is the love of my life. We're having a wonderful event here at my home in the tabernacle of meeting. So uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. If you haven't uh, uh, RSVP'd, then you will be out because uh, we are ordering, ordering food accordingly. Um, so listen, uh Real quick, I just want to share a word that I have. Um, I believe it'll bring some encouragement, and I believe it'll be a reminder for many. But if you uh, if you're familiar with uh, the prophet Elijah, uh, he did uh, a great exploits, and he he did uh, mighty things uh, for, through God, uh, or God did mighty things through him. And um, if you look at, at 1 Kings chapter 18, if you just write it down and spend some time today, uh, maybe equal time that we do on the phone, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, just spend some time today in, in 1 Kings uh, chapter 18 and 19. But we see Elijah and he goes to the king uh, uh, of Ahab and uh, they're, they're already killing the prophets of God. Uh, he goes and confronts the king. The king uh, makes fun of the man of God. And uh, uh, Elijah uh, calls uh, attesting to their gods. And um, he rallies up all the people uh, and, and before the king and, and their gods. And he says, hey, look, do whatever it is you need to do. And... Um, and, and call upon your gods, uh, call upon Baal, which was their God. And uh, it says here that they strived and they called upon Baal, their God, till noon. Uh, and, and, and they pleaded with Baal. Okay, and I'm talking about uh, going, going to their God so that they might hear him. So today's message is really, really to encourage you on, on uh, an example of how to hear from God. I truly believe that each and every one of us find ourselves in a position uh, where we're beginning our journey with God, we're in the middle of our journey, or we're, we're, um, we're quite experienced, and we, we kind of come to this place, uh, am I hearing from God anymore? Uh, do I know what it means to hear from God? And Elijah tells these prophets, these false prophets, and they worship Baal. He says, hey, listen, do whatever it is you need to do. I'll, I'll give you all the time that you need to call on your God. So they cried aloud and there was no voice. They cried till noon. They didn't hear any answer. 
they leaped about the altar and they cried aloud uh, and and they said, you know, we're not getting any answer. And, I, and, and Elijah responds and he says, well, um, he, he's a good God, your God, Baal. I mean, I mean, he either is meditating or he's busy or he's on a journey or perhaps he is sleeping and he must be awakened. So they cried aloud. And they cut themselves in First Kings chapter 18, verse 28, as they were accustomed to with knives and lances until blood gushed out on them. And in midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. You see, and I want to remind you and I want to encourage you that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our God, Yahweh, our God who sent Christ to die in our place, the true and living God, he doesn't leave you because he's on a journey. He doesn't, he doesn't not respond because perhaps he's sleeping and he must be awakened. He doesn't leave us with no voice because he's not paying attention. You know, the Bible tells me that as many as the sands of the sea, those are the thoughts of God toward me and you. So Elijah called all the people near to him and all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And I really believe that this is a word for you and I. When is the last time that you've really, really labored in the presence of God? When is the last time that you repaired that altar, that place in your heart, that quiet place, that place of surrender, that place of consecrated, undivided attention, and just come before God with your life. You see, we all have excuses. I'm the king of them. So you're not going to beat me in excuses. But when is the last time me and you repaired the altar that was broken down? That altar within us to come boldly before the throne of God through Christ Jesus. Jesus made a way where there was no way. So Elijah began to repair the altar and he fills the altar with water. We know here, if, if you do know this story, the prophet Elijah called upon the only true and living God <laughs> and God poured down fire upon that altar and he licked up the water that was in the trench and all the dust that was there. And when the people saw What happened when God, when Elijah called upon his God, they all fell on their faces and they said, Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal, do not let one of them escape. And they all died that day, those false prophets. So Elijah saw the hand of God move in such a mighty way. He was 
one that experienced an answer to God's power. So I want you to see something here as I let you go. There's something powerful. And if you miss this, then you're going to miss it all. After this was done, Elijah, Elijah said to Ahab, the king, he said, go up, eat and drink. There is a sound of abundance of rain, for it had not rained. And he said, so Ahab went up and ate and drank, and Elijah went to the top of, of Carmel in this mountain, and he, and he bowed down on the ground, and he put his face between his knees, and that was the posture. That was the posture that this man of God had, and we're talking about hearing from God. So Elijah, he's seen great, great exploits. Uh, he did at great exploits. He he's seen the power of God. He's seen God lick up the altar and all the dust that was on it in, in front of the false prophets that worshipped Baal. Baal had no answer for those that were cutting themselves, dancing around the altar. But our God wasn't sleeping. Our God wasn't on a journey. He didn't need to be awakened. He answered the prophet Elijah with fire and power. And all of those people bowed down that day and said that he is the true and living God. So Elijah sees this. He goes up to the mountain and he bows down with his head between his knees in reverence to God. And he sends his servant to go up. And he says, and look toward the sea. So the servant went up and he looked and there was nothing. And seven times he did this. And he said, go again. So Elijah's telling his servant, then it came to pass that the seventh time, then he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab, the king, he rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins, he tightened his belt, and he ran ahead. He literally, with the power of God, he was able to run ahead of, he was able to run ahead of the king to the entrance of Jezreel. So the king told his girl, he told Jezebel, all that Elijah had done. And so how he executed the prophets with the sword, and Jezebel sent an messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more so if I do not make your life as the life of one of those dead prophets or of one of them tomorrow about this time. This man experiences the power of God. He experiences an answer from the true and living God. And this woman says, I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow. It says that Elijah gave up. This prophet who did great things gave up. 
And many Christians and many believers today are giving up. They see God has done great things in their life. God's hand has come upon them and empowered them. And through their lives, many people have also seen the hand of the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3, that Elijah, when he, when he saw this and he heard this, that he, he arose and he ran for his life. After seeing that the God of Baal could do nothing and that God could send down his fire and lick up all the water in the altar, he's now running for his life. So he went by himself. If you notice, whenever you give up and whenever you get depressed, you cut everybody off. He went by himself a day's journey into the wilderness and he came and he sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed, literally, that he might die. And he said, It is enough now, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. You see, Elijah, this great prophet, he had a time where he wanted to give up. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he ran for his life. He sat under a tree, got depressed, and he literally prayed, Lord, take my life after witnessing that God could demonstrate not only an answer to his call, but prove that he was the only true and living God by lighting up the altar that was filled with water with fire. He's now running for his life. He says, I'm no better than my father's. And that day when he was sleeping under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him. And he said, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him. Listen, I want to move down here. We see that Elijah, just like us, sometimes we see God do great things in our life. And then all of a sudden, we're in a place where we hear a message or we hear a messenger or we see something coming and we forget how powerful God really is and that he is faithful. We sometimes allow ourselves to get depressed. We stop believing. We stop putting our trust in God and we stop believing that God can answer so this angel refreshed him. Twice he touched him. And I believe many times angels have touched our life and encouraged us, maybe through a person, maybe spiritually, without us even knowing. So the word of the Lord came to him in verse 9 of 1 Kings chapter 19, as he was in the cave and he spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And this is what I want to speak to you today, each and every one of you that would open your heart 
to the Word of God. We all want to know, how does God talk to me? How can I hear God's voice? Let's take a look through an example of the prophet Elijah in a depressed, broken down state, already seeing the hand and the power of God on his life. He's now running for his life. He's discouraged. He's alone. And the Lord tells him, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by in a great and strong wind. And, he, and it tore the mountains and the rocks into pieces before the Lord. Wow, some of us would say, I need God to do that, to show me, to speak to me in that way. But the Bible tells me that the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. Wow, man, I would really like the Lord to shake the ground around me. I mean, I mean improve himself and talk to me. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Man. Sometimes, and I'm not interpreting the word of God this way, but it reminds me that sometimes I'm looking at all the chaos. Sometimes I want God to show me a sign and a wonder and, 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 and it to be as powerful as an earthquake. And it says, but God was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire was a still, small voice. My friends, listen. A lot of times we're looking at the wind and the fire and the chaos and the earthquake. And we want God to show us and reveal to us what he has for us and what he has to say. But it took Elijah to, to be alone and it took him to be in a cave and it took him to be quiet before the Lord, before he could even hear his voice, if you notice. But not only that, as God demonstrates his glory, God wasn't in the wind, the earthquake or the fire. <laughs> he was in a still small voice. My friends, if me and you don't get quiet enough and we don't shut our mouth to stop talking sometimes and create a place, a consecrated place set apart just for God, you may miss that still small voice. I don't want you to miss it, friends. And to be honest with you, God has ministered to me very powerfully in a still, small voice. God's not like the crowd. God doesn't have to get our attention through the massive blowing of a wind, tearing the rocks into pieces, an earthquake or the fire. God wants us to learn his voice. So I encourage you today to get quiet before the Lord with no phone, no music, no voices. When is the last time you trained yourself to be completely quiet before the Lord? I want to encourage you if you already are. Everything that you're going to find, all your guidance, all your direction, it doesn't come from the world. It doesn't come from the success thereof. 
And it doesn't come from the other voices that we've allowed in our life. When you have the voice of God, there is no reason you need anyone else's. The problem is, is that we're too busy looking for the wind, trying to feel the earthquake, and we're too busy trying to find the fire in order to listen to God. God is speaking, and I believe he's speaking to you right now. And I believe that today God is going to reveal to you, if you'd make a quiet place for him, rise up out of that depression, rise up out of that uncertainty, rise up out of that second guessing. If you would really believe and you would set a quiet place, I love to do it because God is faithful and he'll speak to you things that only he can. Listen, brothers and sisters, stay encouraged. We are all the light of the world. I want you to love one another, join together in unity, especially in the work of God. Time is short. Me and you already know what we have to say, but I think it's time that we develop our inner man, our spirit man, to get quiet before the Lord so that we might hear what he has to say. It's your neighborhood preacher. Stay up, stay prayed up, because the devil is a liar, and that's all he can do. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God sent his son, Jesus Christ, that you might have life, <laughs> but have it more abundantly. Love you. Until then, stay up, stay prayed up, because the devil is a liar. God bless.